sermons from the first chapters of the book of Genesis, a series entitled In the Beginning. We continue that this morning the 12th chapter of Genesis, reading verses 1 through 9. It is about the coming and choosing of a man and his wife to be the beginning of God's people. Verse 1, chapter 12, The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. And they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. And at that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. And from there he went on towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. May God bless the reading and hearing of his word to us this morning. It is important for us to think about things. And to think about where we come from is sometimes important. What we have here is God for the first time since His creation and since doing His creation over with the flood that we talked about last week, that God has chosen a man and a woman to begin His covenant people. His name is Abram because he hasn't had it changed to Abraham yet. And her name is Sarai because it has not yet been changed to Sarah. They originally came from a little town that is in southern Iraq today and is still there on the map, a town called Ur. You are Ur. And from there, they went on up, came across the Fertile Crescent, came over the trade routes and came down into what today is the promised land. And there Abraham and Sarah, believing what God had told them, trusting and having faith in what God had said to them, that from them their offspring would come a great people. A people that would bring others to the knowledge of God. And it was a dream in many ways, a vision. It was something that 
as we look back on it and think about it, how marvelous is it that we have some 4,000 years removed this story about the beginning of a faithful people, beginning with Abraham and with Sarah. God made a covenant with them. A covenant is an agreement. It can be an agreement between people. It can be an agreement in a family. It can be an agreement in the business world. It can be a legal term. But in the Bible, a covenant is an agreement between God and those that He has chosen. And God made covenant with Abraham and Sarah. The fact that we baptize today Claire and Asher, we are continuing to live out the covenant of God's people. In Abraham's time, the covenant symbol was that of circumcision. And in our time, Jesus gave us the covenant of baptism to be the sign and the seal of those who belong to God, who are claimed by the grace of God. We continue that. Anytime we baptize a child or an adult who comes to faith and has never been baptized, we use that sign and seal again as a mark of God's covenant people. You know, we live in a day and time where our technology has advanced so much that we can find out a lot about ourselves. We can take these different genetic tests and it tells you about all kinds of things. For instance, I've had two of them and they come back and they tell me basically what I already knew, that my family is from England, from Scotland, from Ireland, and from Northern Europe. My great-grandmother said that we were part Indian, but my DNA says, no, we're not. I've gone back and I've traced back considerable ways. I've even found a great-grandmother who was a Campbell. And it is something that points to our heritage, the biological heritage. But Abraham and Sarah also point to our spiritual heritage. We come from many parts. Many of us generations here in America, but before America, our ancestors came from many parts. The Bible speaks that one day every tribe and every nation will be represented among the peoples of God. And we see that beginning to occur in the world today where the people of God are to be found on every continent of the world, in every country. The Word of God continues to manifest itself and to get out. And we are a part of that company. We are a part of being chosen and called by God to be among His people. God has made covenant with us. Now, sometimes we take for granted, 
And sometimes we feel as if we are isolated and alone and that no one is particularly interested in who we are. But if you are a part of God's people, if you are a part of God's church, there is a people that does care. There is a family that wants you to be fully engaged in the family of God. To know more of the grace of God and to know more of God's promises. To know of his son Jesus Christ and the redemption that he has bought for us in the shedding of his blood. The forgiving of our sins. The promise of new life in this world and everlasting life in the next. This is part of what it means to be among God's people. We also live in a wondrous time. A time where other technologies do marvelous things. They can keep us alive longer. They can make us better. They say soon we can upload our brains to the great cloud. That will probably be when it collapses. But all of that pales. All of that is insignificant to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and to understand that you are among the people of God. To be a part of the covenant family is to reach the greatest potential you have of being a human being. To be a part of the people of God is to acknowledge that we are not gods. That we do not know everything that there is to know, and that, yes, there is something that is much greater than you or me. When we spoke about creation and how God made all that there is seen and unseen, and how if we look at the night sky, we can see the great universe before us. How when we stand atop of a mountaintop and we looked out, we can see the vastness of God's creation. How standing on the sands of the sea, we can see the power of the oceans and wonder at the one who has made them all. But when we again find ourselves and understand that we belong to something that is greater than ourselves, that we acknowledge the one who has made us, that we come to know that outside of that covenant community, we do not have the things that we need in this life. 
We do not have the assurances of grace. We cannot see others who have faced the battles of life and who have seen God stand at their side and carry them through the most difficult trials and difficult challenges that can come and can also see the special uniqueness in the birth of a child and the possibilities of new things. It is when we are in community as the church of God, as the people of God, as those who belong to the one who has made all things and who can change our lives. go back and you read the entire account of Abraham and Sarah, there were times when they fell short of what God wanted to them to be, and yet he redeemed them. It is in their old age that they finally conceive a son, his name Isaac, and that son they never thought would come. It's from Isaac that later twins would come. And from one of those twins, 12 sons would come. They would become 12 tribes. They would become the Jewish people. They would become the ones from which Jesus would be born. And from Jesus, his death, his resurrection, his commissioning his disciples to go forth and make disciples in the whole world. From that line down, we find ourselves here today. That is our spiritual ancestry. Abraham and Sarah are the first godparents. They call us to live in faith, to live in community, to hold up the Lord Jesus Christ, and to encourage others to come and to be a part. Sometimes we don't think from whence we have come. We don't always remember that our faith comes from the foundation of others. But it is important. It is something that we need to ponder and to consider and something that we need to instill in those younger than us to our children and grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. Thanks be to God who raised up Abraham and Sarah and said, go to his place I will show you and I will make you a great people for my sake. And they believed God. And because they believed, 
we too have God, know God, and can believe in Him. Amen.